Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. I hope you're doing well today. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning worshiping our risen Savior with God's people. Today is a special day. Uh, We get to this morning, uh, we get to participate in and celebrate the Lord's Supper. I just want to let you know if you walked in, you might not have noticed um, that we have placed in a basket on that back table. There are some self-serve Lord's Suppers. And normally we like to pass the plate and do that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, we, I guess since COVID, we've kind of moved to this at this point. Um, and so those are back there in that back, um, on that back table. Um, you're welcome right now to get up and go get one. Um, Just want to make sure everyone knows that um, if you are a baptized believer, if you've been baptized by immersion, um, we are happy to to have you join in celebrating the Lord's Supper with us. You do not have to be a member of our church, uh, but if you have been baptized by immersion and you are a believer, um, then you are welcome to uh, join in with us. Um, If you'll just take that, hold on to it um, a little bit later in the service, which by the way... Um, We do have a little bit different order of worship today. Uh, You'll notice that um, after I do the call to worship, we're going to sing two songs. And then we're going to move to uh, the the Lord's Supper portion of the service. Uh, And then we'll come back at the end and we'll we'll worship uh, with a few more songs. Um, So at any point during the service, you're welcome to... uh, During the first two songs, now you're welcome to get up and go and go get a Lord's Supper um, serving in that back basket. Um, after we have uh, the, the service this morning, uh, then we will have um, fellowship over lunch in the, the fellowship hall. Um, and then tonight, uh, if, if you didn't bring anything, if you're visiting with us, you didn't know it was going to be uh, Lord's Supper t- uh, today as well as Fifth Sunday, um, we will have a meal and we want you to stay. I didn't bring anything. Doesn't matter. We got more than enough. We always do. So make sure you stay and join with us. Then tonight at 5:30, we're going to watch a movie in the fellowship hall, and uh, it's called Break Every Chain. It's one that Jared suggested to me, um, and I don't guess I put two and two together. I, I looked at the trailer on it, and it looks like a good Christian movie. But it's, and I think it's apropos. It'll help us to pray well for those that are still recovering from the shooting in uh, Uvalde, especially law enforcement, because this particular film is about law enforcement. It's a true story about a man that was in law enforcement and really went through some trying times and wound up, um, I I guess, kind of getting off the beaten path, and uh, the Lord uh, worked in his life. And and so um, I haven't seen the whole movie, but I've seen the trailer. Break every chain, so that'll be tonight in the fellowship hall. I know I'm kind of languishing, so I'll speed up here. Mission San Saba on, on June 24th. Our church is going to provide a meal for the volunteers. If you're interested in being part of that, talk to Barbara or Sue. Um, we have, I guess, a couple more, one more Sunday, uh, two more Sundays that we can uh, receive donations for the blessing boxes for Arctic Barnabas. If you're interested in helping out with that, uh, just make sure that you look at in the foyer at the list. Uh, suggested items, um, and you can take those items and put them in that box. Um, Vacation Bible School is coming up uh, June 7th, 13th to 17th. If you'll read that description of the, this particular uh, Vacation Bible School theme, uh, if you're interested in any questions, if you have any questions about anything, you can talk to Carrie, who's raised her hand, so I need to let her speak. <laughs> All right. Um, where will that be? Because since today's a meal. Um, in the back room. Okay. All right. Uh, and I think that's that's about it. Um, is there any other announcements that we need to make at this time? Just want to remind you for those of you who came who uh, might not have heard, we do have Lord's Supper um, servings in the back in uh, the basket back there so you can stand up now you can stand up anytime during the first two songs but after the second song we will move toward um, having the lord's supper together 
there are no other announcements, I ask you to stand and we'll have our time of call the worship together. I'll read the first screen. You join with me on the next screen. This is Romans chapter 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's worship together. Oh, maybe it's opposite of what we is. Go to written. the first slide. Go to the first slide. <laughs> okay, so that's two twenty four for us. Forgive me. Here we go. We're going to get this right.
before we have our time together celebrating the Lord's Supper. Just allow me to take a few moments and <clears throat> encourage us and exhort us and, and remind us, remind ourselves of what it is we have come here to do. As Baptists, we recognize and observe two ordinances. The first is baptism and the second is the Lord's Supper. Baptism signifies that a member of the church, or I'm sorry, a believer, is a member of God's covenant people in and through Christ Jesus. Baptism does not save. There's nothing special about the water in which we baptize new members. Um, it doesn't save. It doesn't contribute in any way, shape, or form to a person's salvation. Baptism is the first uh, ordinance that we observe. The second is this morning's ordinance, which is the Lord's Supper. And this Lord's Supper is the covenant meal for God's covenant people. Baptism by immersion is required for membership in our church and for receiving the Lord's Supper. And we place a very high priority on baptism. If a person desires membership in our church, they meet together with me. And in that meeting, I want to hear them explain their own personal testimony of how they came to Christ, about how Christ saved them. I want to hear them explain what is the gospel message. We're not saved by information, but wrong information will indeed lead us astray. You can know the right information about how to be saved and not be saved, but I still want to hear people explain what is the gospel. Now, why do I do this? I do this for a couple of reasons. First, I'm trying to do due diligence for that person. If they are... If they can't explain how they came to Christ, if they can't, um, at least in a satisfactory way, explain what the gospel is, if they can't talk about how their life has changed since coming to Christ, how they're growing, they're, they're longing to be a, around God's people and in the word, and, and they want to honor Christ, they want to share their faith, then I want that person, if, if that's not a part of who they are, I want them to to do what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Examine yourself to see, are you really in the faith? Now, I can't be infallible. A person could say all the right things, and they could slip through the cracks, but they want with God. So I'm infallible, but I do this. I'm sorry, I'm not infallible. I am fallible, but I do this for that person's spiritual well-being, but I also do it for the well-being of the church because we only allow people who are baptized believers to be a part of our church. So I, I'm aiming to discern a person's spiritual condition, and, and one of the things I do is I ask about their baptism. So we place a high priority on baptism, and I want to pose a question to us today. Shouldn't we also place a very high priority on the Lord's Supper? Let me follow up with a question that, hopefully will we'll give us a little bit of pause and, and help us to reflect about how we celebrate. Is it possible that we have unwittingly adopted the position that baptism is something a believer must do and that the Lord's Supper is something a believer can do? I think that's worth thinking about. So before we celebrate the Lord's Supper together this morning, I want to encourage us from the scriptures to rightly and very highly prioritize the Lord's Supper. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we obey the command of Christ. I want you to notice what it says here in Luke chapter 22, verse 19. And I don't know if you can see, there's a couple of words that are highlighted there. It says, and when, he had given, and when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, in the Greek language, that's the Bible. Uh, the, written, the Bible is written in Koine Greek, common Greek. 
That word for do is a present active imperative. You might think that has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. But actually it does. Not with the price of tea in China, but with what we do here. Do is indicating an action that you're to do and keep doing. Now we don't always sit around and and we're not always taking the Lord's Supper. What Christ means here is that this is a command that has no end in sight until I come. Do this. Keep doing it. Do it often. And it is a command. So when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we fulfill Christ's command. And obedience to this command, I want to assert to us, is no less important than the command to be baptized after one's profession of faith. Celebrating the Lord's Supper also remembers Christ. We we look to the past. Notice, and, and there's different words highlighted here. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So there is a command to receive, to celebrate the Lord's Supper and to do it in remembrance of Christ. Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24 echoes the words of Christ. You'll, you will hear them again this morning. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So celebrating the Lord's Supper, we remember Christ. What is it about Christ that we remember? Well, in Hebrews, we we are told, we celebrate the Lord's Supper to remember that Christ offered himself up on the cross for our sins once for all. Nor was it that he would offer himself often, no, once, as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he, talking about Christ Jesus, would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. We remember that Christ came and he came once because he did all that was necessary for a person to be saved. And he put away sin. He took it from us through his sacrifice of himself. Further in, in, in Hebrews, the writer says, So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. So Jesus offered himself on the cross once for all. And we celebrate that. We remember that. Further, We say that celebrating the Lord's Supper proclaims the Lord's death until He comes. In other words, we we look to the past, what He has done. We look to the future, what we will enjoy when He comes a second time. Paul says, again, you'll hear this again this morning. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. The broken bread symbolizes the broken body of Christ. the, the, The juice that we drink symbolizes His blood. And when we eat this bread and when we drink this cup, we proclaim that the Lord died. He really, truly did die for sin. And we drink, when we drink this, we proclaim it until He comes. We can also think of this passage in Mark. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of that fruit of the vine until that day. When I drink it new in the kingdom. We're thinking here about the marriage supper of the Lamb. There will be a day when we sit with Christ at the marriage supper. And we enjoy the fruit of the vine. Just as Christ said. Celebrating the Lord's Supper also confirms our faith in all the benefits of Christ. Of His death. Look here in Luke 22 again. 19 and 20. Notice what's highlighted. And when he had given, uh, taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it confirms our faith that we are actually a part of the covenant people of God. And that... Being a part of the covenant, we receive all of the benefits of being in covenant with Christ Jesus. 
He says it similarly in, again in verse 20. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you, not indiscriminately, for you. Also, we have benefits in terms of participation. We participate in what Christ has done. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, Is not the cup of blessing in which which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? I think what Paul intends for us to understand is not only are there benefits that are ours by virtue of us being a part of the people of God, His covenant people, but there are things that we can participate in. We share in those benefits. Things. A quick uh, illustration. Imagine, um, you know, if we were to adopt someone in, into our family, and I tell them, all of this, you you are now a member of our family, and everything here is yours. You, we use it. it; it belongs to our family, and you have access to it all. You share in all of this. They wouldn't truly share in it until the point where they said, okay, I, I do believe this, this is mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it and I'm going to use it as it is my own. And when we share in the blood of Christ, when we share in the body of Christ, we are sharing not only in the benefits. We know, yes, they're ours, but, but it reminds us that we have to, just like we take the bread and the cup physically, and we appropriate them for ourselves. We have to do the same with all the benefits of Christ. <clears throat> Further, celebrating the Lord's Supper nourishes us as believers. Look at what Christ said in John 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. Now you might say, oh, that, that's talking about spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst. I agree with you. It's not talking about eating the body and drinking the blood of Christ's actual body. We don't believe in that. But we do believe that what is represented and symbolized in the Lord's Supper, once again, it shows us to whom we turn to have our spiritual hunger and our spiritual thirst satiated. We don't just receive the benefits of Christ's death. We actually receive Christ Jesus' Himself. So when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's a reminder that it is Christ Jesus Himself that has said, we'll never hunger, we'll never thirst. He goes on to say in John 6, 56, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. There's Again, Jesus is not talking about cannibalism. He's talking about the vital union there is between Him and a Christian. He is... In the Christian, and the Christian is in Him. And by virtue of that, we're nourished in our faith. Ephesians chapter 5 puts it this way. And again, here, Paul is talking about um, the relationship of a husband and wife in marriage. And he says here, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of His body. See, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it promotes in us a deeper unity with the person of Christ. Even though He is in heaven and we are on earth, we can still think of our relationship in this way. We are flesh of His flesh and we are bone of His bone. And so through our faith and through the work of the indwelling Holy Spirit in our life, this Lord's Supper helps to nourish our soul and to remind us that we have a deeper unity with the person of our Savior. Further, we can say that celebrating the Lord's Supper promotes our growth in in Christ. Also in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ And as Christ nourishes us in our faith, we are indeed able to grow into all aspects of Him. Further, we would say that celebrating the Lord's Supper reminds us 
and recommits us to our duties to Christ Jesus. Um, Let me skip. Um, Jesus says in John 15, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot, and this is our duty, this is talking generally, but we know the rest of the New Testament helps to flesh that out. What does it mean to bear fruit? That is our duty. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Our duty is to bear fruit for our Savior. Finally, celebrating the Lord's Supper pledges our communion with Christ and with Christ's body, the church. I want to read from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven to 32. This is important for us to hear these words, especially right now, since we are almost to the point where we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Paul says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. They're not actually asleep, they're dead. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Paul is really trying to bring to our attention in this text that there's a a vast importance, a huge importance in what we do here in terms of how it symbolizes our relationship with Christ and with each other. And I've said said it in this way, celebrating the Lord's Supper pledges our communion with Christ and with Christ's body, the church. So when you hear the word pledge, I want you to think this. Friday night at our graduation, everyone in the room stood and we said the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the flag of the proud state of Texas. When you hear me say pledge, celebrating the Lord's Supper pledges our communion with Christ and with Christ's body, the church, I want you to think Pledge of Allegiance. When we take this, we're saying, Christ, I belong to you. I'm, I, I serve you. I submit to you. But then furthermore, it pledges our communion to each other. That's why Paul in this particular text says you have to discern the body. What does he mean by that? Well, some of you may have thought today that, you know, I, am, I, I don't think I will ever be worthy to receive, to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And it could be that if you took the Lord's Supper today, you'd be an unworthy participant. You may be walking in open, unrepentant sin. If so, I would say if you take the Lord's Supper today, you're an unworthy participant. But you may be on a different... uh, Your experience may be different right now. You may be struggling mightily against sin, and you fall, but you confess. Don't consider yourself to be an unworthy participant. Think of this. If someone was struggling with sin, will we tell them, you're too unworthy to pray? You're too unworthy to read the Bible. No, we wouldn't do that at all. We would say, if you want help, turn to the Lord in prayer. If you want help, turn to the Lord in His Word. You're not too unworthy to receive the grace that God gives through coming to church, through prayer, through reading His Word, and through the Lord's Supper. See, Paul, in this particular text, he doesn't prohibit unworthy participants. What he prohibits is unworthy participation. Greg Allison is a church historian at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he writes, The problem in the church at Corinth was one of divisiveness. Rather than discerning the body, and he explains, that is, the unity and interdependence of people in the church, which is the body of Christ... So rather than discerning the body, wealthier brothers and sisters mocked the Lord's Supper by being disrespectful of their poor brothers and sisters. So again, Paul says in verses 28 and 29, 
But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who drink, eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. Allison continues, he says, talking about this, this self-assessment that a person is supposed to make in discerning the body. He says, it's not for searching out remaining sin. Now, I want you to listen to this. This is so uh, wise. Of Dr. Allison. He says, The self assessment Paul recommends is not for searching out remaining sins. Listen, these should be confessed and repented of promptly, not accumulated and dismissed quickly and inconsiderately before sharing in the Lord's Supper. Rather, the self examination that Paul recommends is specifically for the purpose of detecting broken relationships, division causing behavior, disrespect, and mistreatment of brothers and sisters in Christ. If self assessment reveals these problems, the Christian should refrain from participating in the Lord's Supper and act decisively and promptly to rectify the mistreatment of others and re- reconcile broken relationships. Now, I hope we see how important. That is. To say, I am in communion with Christ and all is well between us, and yet not be in communion with brothers and sisters and, not, and all not be well there. Remember what Christ said. You can sum up the law in two, th- two ways love God, love your neighbor. If you do these, you'll fulfill the whole law. So I think it's important for us to realize. You know, and I'll I'll circle back around to this. When someone wants to join the church, um, I I really believe that that the steps that I take are for the well-being of that person and for the church. And then they move on to baptism, and we celebrate that with them and praise God when He adds to our church. But I my prayer for us is that here on Sunday mornings when we celebrate this meal together, that two things would be true of us. Three things, actually. That we wouldn't have waited over a long period of time to just on Sunday morning say, you know, Lord, just forgive me of all these things that I've done. And we know what they are. They've been, we haven't repented of them. We haven't confessed them. We haven't asked the Lord for forgiveness. And we, it's just this big pile of things. That's, that's not the proper way for us to celebrate. We need to repent of sin and, and to ask the Lord for forgiveness and cleansing as soon as those things happen and not just do it unconsiderately here. Secondly, you know, that, that we, we would... So my point is, I think I said two things. We want to be right with the Lord but we don't want to just compress everything that's going on. Those, that's the two things that I, that I, I mean to say. Uh, we want to be right with the Lord, and we want to, don't want to just quickly dismiss or gloss over anything. But at the same time, we want to be in communion with each other. Before we take the Lord's Supper together, has everyone had a, a chance to, to get um, the serving? Okay. Um, before, if you would go ahead and, and take this, um, those of you who are going to, to celebrate it today, if you would please take it and just hold on for just, just a moment. Um, allow me to just, before we receive this together, before we celebrate it, um, to say to you um, that only baptized believers, again, may receive the Lord's Supper with us today. Baptized by immersion, if that is you, you're welcome to, to receive it with us today. Um, Furthermore, um, if you're not a believer, then, then this is not something for you. Um, so moms and dads, I know often when we receive this together, I, I want to, to tell you that we are praying for your child's salvation. We want them to become a believer. But often when, when we do this, there's lots of questions. And there may be a temptation to allow your kids to take part too. Again, this is only for uh, baptized believers. And so... Just please, uh, we will celebrate the day, I promise you, we will celebrate the day when, uh, when they have the opportunity to, to, to receive this and to celebrate it themselves. But until that time, we want to make sure that we preserve the purity of this supper and, uh, because we're not the ones who have set the table.
Christ has set the table and we want to walk by his rules. Uh, if you would, please um, remove the top where the bread is. If you'll just take that out and hold on to it. We'll receive it together in just a moment. Allow me to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'll begin in verse 23. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, if you would, please flip the cup over and remove the top where the juice is. If you'll just hold on to that. We'll all receive it together. I'll pick up in verse 25 of the same chapter. Paul continues, In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Before we have a time of worship and prayer to close us, I want to, I'm going to read it, but I'm going to pray it. And I ask that you join in. This is a prayer from the Valley of Vision. So if you would, please bow. And as I read this and as I pray this, I ask that you, in your heart, before the Lord, pray this as well. God of all good, I bless thee for the means of grace. Teach me to see them in thy loving purposes and the joy and strength of my soul. Thou hast prepared for me a feast. And though I am unworthy to sit down as guest, I wholly, entirely rest on the merits of Jesus and hide myself beneath his righteousness. When I see, when I hear his tender invitation and see his wondrous grace, I cannot hesitate but must come to thee in love. By thy spirit, enliven my faith rightly to discern and spiritually to apprehend the Savior. While I gaze upon the emblems of my Savior's death, may I ponder why He died and hear Him say, I gave my life to purchase yours, presented myself an offering to expiate your sin, shed my blood to blot out your guilt, opened my side to make you clean, endured your curses to set you free, bore your condemnation to satisfy divine justice. Oh, may I rightly grasp the breadth and length of this design. Draw near, obey, extend the hand, take the bread, receive the cup, eat and drink, testify before all men that I do for myself gladly in faith, reverence and love, receive my Lord to be my life, strength, nourishment, joy, delight. In the supper I remember his eternal love, his boundless grace, infinite compassion, his agony, cross, redemption. And I receive assurance of pardon, adoption, life, glory. As the outward elements nourish my body, so may thy indwelling spirit invigorate my soul until that day when I hunger and thirst no more. And I sit with Jesus at his heavenly feast. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.
This concludes our service. We'll have a short time of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed for lunch. Again, I want to say, um, if you didn't know we were having lunch today, please stay with us. We want you to come and be a part. There's plenty of food. If you would allow me to say a brief word of prayer, we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for the broken body and the spilt blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful that because of that, we were put right with him. We thank you, Lord, that his blood was such that it covered all of our sins, all the ones that we committed before today, all the ones that we have committed recently, and the ones that we will commit in the future. And that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That it's through him alone that we were able to stand here today and hold out our hands and to take the bread and to take the cup and to celebrate what is ours in Christ. Lord, help us today to not forget what we've done here, but to continually draw nourishment from our Savior as He brings to mind all the things that are ours in Him because He paid it all. Lord, remind us that all to Him that we, all to him we owe. As we leave here, may we be diligent in our duties. May we be, may we be diligent to um, proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Lord, we thank you for the communion that we have with Christ and with each other. And as we sit around the table today and enjoy that communion together, we pray, God, that the fellowship would be sweet, the food would be good, we know it is, that you would bless it to the nourishment and strengthening of our bodies, and that we would uh, leave both spiritually and physically nourished. Father, we also pray for Isaac and Sydney as they are on their way to Colorado today for the Summit Conference. Uh, we thank you that our church has made it possible for them to be blessed in this way. We pray for their safety and travel. There'd be un, it'd be uneventful getting them to the camp and that while they're there, they would make great friends. They would learn so much and that they would be confirmed in their faith. Bring them back to us safely, Lord. We can't wait to hear what you did for them this week. And finally, Father, we lift up the folks in Uvalde, Texas. In our hearts break, we mourn with them. We pray, God, that you would bring a great revival. Lord, we know that through the people in this room, uh, you can work mightily to do great things, things that would have a, a vast impact upon our town, our state, our nation. So we pray, God, that you would use us to change the world. Uh, we are your plan A and not your plan B. Help us to be bold in the great commission work you've given to us that we might proclaim the gospel truth of Jesus Christ. And for those, Lord, in Uvalde that are Christians and are just reeling from this, remind them once again that in this world we were all promised trouble, but we were also promised that we could take heart, we could be of good cheer because Christ has overcome the world. Draw those people close to you, Father. Remind them of Christ's overcoming power. Help them to rest in your sovereignty and in your goodness Lord, with their questions, may they bring them to you and find rest. And Lord, for those that don't know Christ as Savior and Lord, we pray that through all of this, that you would touch their hearts, bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they might be born again and they might have the same hope that others there who are suffering and mourning, the same hope that they have in Christ. Lord, we praise you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Let's go eat.